Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM Key, and we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. And on the show, making his sixth appearance to the sports beat, starting to become a regular, Justin. Justin Dale, lifelong Atlanta Braves fan. He's here to talk about the Atlanta Braves and their incredible June they had and overall what they have done in the first half of the season. Justin, welcome. Thanks, Richard. Uh, I appreciate you having me on the show again, man. It's been, uh, I've had a good time. Are you having fun watching the Braves? Man, it's it's great right now. This is uh, what a drastic turnaround from the uh, first couple months of the season over the last you know six weeks or so. But yeah, man, it's it's fun watching the Braves right now. Are they a better team this year than last year? Uh, yes, I do believe so. Uh, last year, and it wasn't even that like last year was a bad team. It was just the team was you know early in the season got decimated with injury. Yeah, the lineup you know probably May and June of last year was not very deep. Your best hitters were maybe your first four or five hitters, and then the lineup really dropped off after that. But yeah, I do think this team's better. The lineup is deeper. There's not a hole in this lineup, even with Ozzy going down with the injury that he had about a month ago. You know, Arcia and Phil Gosselin have played pretty good, you know, filling in in that spot. And so it's definitely not the – I guess that would be the weakest part in that lineup, but I wouldn't even call it a weak spot, you know. Now the Braves have got Eddie Rosario back. They just signed Robinson Cano. He's going to make his Braves debut tonight. So we'll see. You know, I I don't know what's left in Robinson Cano's tank um, at this point in his career. But, you know, know, he's a left-handed bat. Uh, the Braves have said they want it. They feel like they're too right-handed, that they wanted to get, you know, a little bit more left-handed bat. And, you know, RC has played well, and he's a right-handed bat. And so now you can kind of play matchups, you know, second base. If there's a right-handed starter, you can start Cano. He'll, he'll bat left-handed for you. If it's a lefty, you can start RC, and he can bat right-handed for you. Do you think the Braves will be in first place uh, by the time the All-Star break hits? I, um, I, I believe they can easily do it. I mean, they're only a game and a half back. Um, if they take two out of three from the Mets – in this series, they'll be a half a game back. Uh, the Braves go to Washington for a four-game set to finish the first half. And so Braves have played very well against Washington. Washington's not um, a very good team right now. And so, you know, you got to expect at least three out of four out up there. So there's a chance for sure, a, a good chance, that the Braves could be in first place. Obviously, if they could pull the sweep over the Mets, um, that's easier said than done. Pitching uh, is set up really, really good. They've got Max Fried against Max Scherzer tonight. That's must-see TV for sure. Um, the Braves also have Strider going on the mound uh, for game two and then Charlie Morton finishing out on Wednesday. And so it's, you know, it's very, very possible the Braves could be in first place by the All-Star break for sure. It looks like this starting pitching has set up for just some great electric atmosphere, especially – you got big time postseason pitchers, 
and you also have the up-and-coming rookie Spencer Strider. What has it meant to the Braves pitching staff to have Spencer Strider, you know, in one game, the first nine outs were strikeouts. He had 12 strikeouts in that game. However, the Braves did lose to the Cardinals. They played the Cardinals last week in a four-game series. But Spencer Strider was incredible. He's got electric stuff. He's only pitched in half of the games, and he's already got 100 strikeouts. Yeah, um, Spencer Strider has been a revelation. Um, you know, he started the season off in the bullpen, and he was really good out of the bullpen. You know, he was flamethrower, and he's you know he's got easy 100 mile an hour fastball. You know, can that can even crank it up to 101 or 102 if he really needs it. And uh, he pitched really well, you know, in, out, out of the pen. But the Braves had such a hard time beginning of the year trying to nail down that fifth spot in the rotation. They finally gave Spencer Strider a, a shot, and he is making the most of that opportunity now. And, yeah, he's been every bit more than a fifth starter, basically. I mean, he he's pitching well enough to be an ace almost at this point. But it's looked really good. He just he comes at you with, with really good gas. His fastball, you know, it stays level through the strike zone. Um, and it just – it's really, really good. He can come at you, too, and he's smart. Like, you know, he's not just a flamethrower. He's out there outthinking you, too. Like, I was looking at those stats against the Cardinals. Um, and he threw a lot of fastballs that first time through the order. And then the second time he started mixing in that slider a lot more, you know, so he throws a lot of fastballs and then he drops that slider a little bit more often than maybe he did the first time through. And it's getting those strikeouts or in the very least ground outs and put outs. And so he's been every bit the starter that we, we need. And, and really that, again, that rotation up and down. I, I know Anderson's been probably the weakest link right now. He's just kind of had uh, up and down season, but uh, that rotation's really good. Kyle Wright, Max Freed, Charlie Morton. You have Ian Anderson. You got Spencer Strider. You know, when Mike Soroka comes back, uh, you might have to put one of these pitchers back in the bullpen. And when we get to the postseason, usually you have three or four pitchers. A lot of pitchers will pitch on three days rest. But uh, do you think the Braves are set up to make a big postseason run with their starting pitching? Yeah, I, I do. I think the pitching is, is in is in place. Um, Mike Soroka was targeting a mid-August return. I did see in the news that he – I think he was throwing batting practice in Florida and, and somebody hit a uh, – like a comebacker that, that hit off his knee. He had a knee contusion and they shut him down. Um, I don't it, – it's minor. I don't think it's anything serious. But with him being shut down for a week or two, um, that's going to obviously delay his, his – you know, him starting a rehab assignment. And the Braves are pretty insistent since he hasn't pitched in almost two years. They want him to do a 30-day rehab assignments. You know, now his, his return could be more around the beginning of September. You start getting into September, starting rotation, you know, they've logged a lot of innings by that point. Even somebody like Spencer Strider, Strider has only pitched his long, um, last year, his first professional season in baseball, he only pitched 94 innings and he's already over 60 now. You know, you might could go to a six-man rotation in September when Mike Soroka's ready and that would give your starters a little bit of a, you know, extra rest, you know, kind of down the stretch. It would give also give you a chance to see what Mike Soroka has and see if he can be, you know, productive for you out of, you know, because at that point, yeah, he'll probably, if he makes the postseason roster, he would be, a, you know, out of the bullpen. He wouldn't be starting games, but it would give you a chance to kind of showcase him and see what you got out of him and see if he can help you um, in, the, in the postseason. But I do think that, I mean, if, if Strider keeps pitching the way he's pitching, Max Reed is, is every bit of the ace that, you know, we all know he is. Charlie Morton is a big game pitcher. Um, I know Ian Anderson's had an up and down season, but Ian's been nails in the postseason. You know, so really you got five guys that could start a postseason game, and I know you only need four. 
you've got um, the pitching to do it. So, yeah, I think Braves are set up nicely. Now, again, we're talking three months down the road. Anything can happen. Injuries can crop up. You know, there's still a lot of baseball to play. But as of right now, you've got to look at the Braves team and look at them as a pretty complete team. There's really not there's really no weaknesses on this team right now. The Atlanta Braves are sending five players to Los Angeles. The All-Star Game is going to be next week on Tuesday, July the 19th. Your All-Stars are Ronald Acuna Jr., Travis Darno, William Contreras, Dansby Swanson, and Max Freed. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, sending five All-Stars is a, quite an accomplishment. But there's one player that you and I both agree on the pre-show. He got snubbed, and I'm talking about Austin Riley. He's got 23 home runs, including the game on Sunday where he hit a game-tying home run and then a walk-off single in the bottom of the 12th inning. Do you think Austin Riley got snubbed? Absolutely, I think he got snubbed. Um, He's having a fantastic season. Um, You know, he ranks up in the top of the majors in most of your categories. His average is a little low, um, but but his home runs are there. The RBIs are top, tops in slugging. You know, he's got every – he's every bit of an all-star. He really is. Um, and he got snubbed on the position. Um, I was a little surprised, you know, with the fan voting. The Braves country didn't try to get him, get him into that final vote with ESPN. But um, – or to get him into that final second round of voting to be one of the starters. But I figured for sure he'd make it as a reserve. But, you know, I, I the Braves are – like you said, they're sending five all-stars to um to los angeles that's a great number um it really shows you know how well the braves are i guess you could say six if you count brian snicker as the uh manager for the national league all-stars of course and um so yes you got six players representing braves are going to be well represented um i know you've got you know with the with the with the mlb all-star game they you know they usually have at least one player from every team there representing and so when you do stuff like that, sometimes you get a player that may get snubbed. But, you know, make no mistake about it, Austin Riley's having a fantastic season and uh, very much a big, big reason why the Braves have been on the run that they've been on over the last six weeks. All right, when we come back from the All-Star break, I know you go to a lot of Braves games, but the yep. Atlanta Braves, something special about these American League matchups, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, are they're going to come to Truett's Park for a three-game series. If you want to see superstars, you'll get to see Shohei Itani and Mike Trout. That would be even a bonus if Shohei Itani is pitching one of those games. Uh, how cool is that? Are you, are you going to try to get tickets to that series? I know you'd, you hardly ever see the Angels. They maybe come to they might come to Atlanta like once every four years. But is that a series worth uh, going to see? Oh, absolutely! It was one of the ones that uh, when I saw we were playing the American League or yeah, the American League West. In interleague play this year, I was, you know, I was hoping the Angels would come here, and they and they are, which is fantastic. I I want to say the last time the Braves played the Angels, and I can't remember if it was out in out there in Los Angeles, or if it was here. I I think the last time they played them, I think both Freddie Freeman and Mike Trout were hurt. <laughs> so you know, wow. so really two of the the two best players on the team on each team, you couldn't even get to see them play each other, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, I'm super excited to see. I've never seen Mike Trout in person. Um, you know, Shohei Otani is doing things that in Major League Baseball that we haven't seen in 100 years. And so I, you know, to get to see those guys come and play in your in your ballpark, um, it's going to be fun to, 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 to be at that. Yeah, I, I am going to the Friday, the Friday game, first Friday game back after the All-Star break. I have tickets to that game. So I'll be there for that. But, yeah, that should be a fun series. Um, 
you know, seeing, you know, seeing those, uh, those two really big superstars in our game today and actually get to see them in person up close. Absolutely. You know, Justin, I read a lot of your Facebook posts. I know that you and I both love the World Baseball Classic, and I am excited that it is returning in 2023. It was supposed to happen in 2021, but it was canceled because of COVID. Of course, the United States won the World Baseball Classic in 2017. I'm just I'm thinking to myself, Freddie Freeman has got to make this team on first base, but the USA team, let, let's talk about the outfield. For the USA team, just picture this outfield for me: Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper. That's a really stout outfield right there. Well, you know, a lot of Major League Baseball players they don't like playing in the World Baseball Classic, but it because it's right before spring training and they don't want to get hurt. But is, there's nothing greater than representing your country. I know Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to play for Venezuela. I think that's going to be a stacked team. Right. And, and I think that's where you see some of the differences, at least some of the U.S. players. Some of them said, I'm playing. Some of them said, no, I don't. Because it, it does. It happens during spring training. Um, so the players have kind of a usually basically baseball will have will start spring training a little bit earlier, at least to work out so that those players can start kind of getting in some get their workouts in a little earlier so they can be ready to go to the WBC if that's what they want to do. You really see that with some of the American players, they some find it as an honor and they want to go play. Some of them are like, no, I just want to, you know, get ready for the season. Don't want to, you know, get my, out of my routine. And, they, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, the international players, they love every opportunity they can to represent their country. You know, and you see it even in Major League Baseball. Ronald Cunha Jr. arm brace on his elbow brace and his, and his yellow shoes. And, and uh, Contreras is, as well, he wears yellow um cleats as well and so they anytime they can throw anything in that represents their home country they do it because they they take great pride in doing that and you know so yeah it's you know the Braves have a lot of Venezuelan players and I have no doubt all three or four of them are probably going to want to go play for the Venezuelan team um and so they they all they always have a good team because they Venezuela puts out a lot of great players but it's a um but yeah I'm excited about WB the but WBC coming back um, 2023. I enjoyed watching the 06, 09, 13, and 17 versions of the WBC. Um, was disappointed uh, that it got canceled in 2021, but obviously completely understandable because of COVID and the pandemic. But I'm um, glad that you know they're bringing it back and uh, can't wait. They're supposed to be, you know, I don't. I, they're going to probably be like overnight our in our time zone. But there's qualifiers I think in September and October. Yes. Uh, some other countries, you know, that to make the last few spots of the field um for the wbc next season um next year in 2023 so yeah there's some qualifiers that if, if you like staying up late at night or getting up early in the morning you might be able to catch some of those because i think the some one rounds in germany and i can't remember where the other qualifiers are at um but um but anyway i know those time zones are a little bit off way off from ours so it might be you know kind of hard to watch those but but yeah i'm excited about it oh i'm i'm glad that uh we're both excited about the world baseball classic and by the way, just for the city of Atlanta, we have two superstars from the country of Venezuela. Can you name that other superstar that plays in Atlanta from Venezuela? That's Joseph Martinez, isn't it? There you go. Yeah, unfortunately, Atlanta United is not having a great season. But we, you, Joseph Martinez is one of the best players in Major League Soccer. And, of course, he brought that championship to the city of Atlanta back in 2018. Switching gears, Justin, I know you're a big Atlanta Falcons fan. We're a couple of weeks away from training camp. Right. And we, we talked about Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota. 
you know, there, there was a, a uh, ranking like NFL.com. Somebody ranked all the rosters, like which team had the worst roster in the NFL. And they had the Falcons down as number 32, dead last. Do you agree with that at all? I mean, do they have a pretty decent roster? I mean, I personally think they got a great cover corner in A.J. Terrell. They have Grady Jarrett, which is one of – he's not Aaron Donald, but he's one of the top defensive tackles in the league. And they have Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is probably the best tight end in the league. Yeah, I, I disagree with the Falcons being rated as the, the, the you know team with the worst roster. I just I can't help but look at some of these other teams that are rebuilding. Some like Seattle uh, team, you know, they're I think they're going to be starting Drew Locke as their quarterback. Uh, the Houston Texans, you know, even after making this trade with Deshaun Watson, getting him out, getting that situation out of their hands, their roster is depleted. You know, Jacksonville, um, I, I don't really see them have made – you know, they got some good young players. I haven't seen them make big moves to really think make me think they're really going to be contending this year or not. I don't I don't know if Falcons have – I don't think they have the worst roster in the NFL. I do think they're still a growing – you know, this is a this is a young roster. It's got some, it's got some vets. It's got some talent. Still very young. Um, they're in a transition period. You know, uh, Marcus Mariota is not the long-term answer quarterback. We don't know if Desmond Ritter is the long-term quarterback – answer either um but definitely he's he's going to be an option and given a shot to try to do that at some point but yeah this is a team that's in transition they're trying to build towards you know build a new foundation and, and build towards having a winner again and it just takes some time you know and so but i i do think uh, you know my realistic expectations for the falcons is that they'll they'll probably still end up with a, maybe a losing record a seven and ten or like an eight nine type record um maybe like around 500 um I think is probably realistically where they'll be. Um, the one thing I will say about the Falcons' schedule, they have a brutal schedule this year. They and, do. Um, and so that's going to play a big part into their record. I could see them even being, you know, record-wise maybe being worse than like 7-10, and 10, maybe even being 6-11 and 11 or something like that. But but I think they'll play better. I think they'll be worth watching this year, which at times last year they wasn't worth turning the TV on, to be honest with you. Yeah. And so uh, this year I think they'll play better. I think you'll see improvement. From the team, I think you'll also see improvement from Arthur Smith being, you know, second year as a head coach, now going through this again. You know, he, he'll take the lessons he learned from last year and, and make better in-game coaching decisions and things like that. Um, so I think you'll see this team overall, you'll see it be better and more watchable on the field. But unfortunately, just because they're playing so really many good teams this year, um, the record still may not be what people want. We'll see. We'll see how the season goes. You know, I, I I'm going in with – Lower expectations, but, you know, you never know. I, I, always, I like being surprised, so we'll see what happens. Well, we were all surprised in 2008 when it seemed like the Falcons were left for dead when Bobby Petrino – I know, I'm bringing back really old memories. And Matt Ryan just came out of nowhere and the Falcons right. made the playoffs. Uh, I'm not saying that, that that's going to happen with Desmond Ritter or Marcus Mariota, but you could be shocked – they still have Cordell Patterson. He's their running mm-hmm. back, I guess. He probably is. They're using him as a wide back. But Drake London, what if Drake London just has a breakout rookie season and, and receives for 1,000 yards? I mean, now you have the one-two punch of Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I'm being a fan. I like the Falcons. I mean, they're not my number one team. You, you know that I'm a 49ers fan. But, you know, I root for the Falcons because they're here in Georgia, and I want to see them do well. I mean, I, I do too. I, you know, I know I sound a little pessimistic about the Falcons when I talk about them, but I, I do. I want them to do well too. I want to. I want to get back to a point to where you know I can 
watch the Falcons with pride and I can talk about them as being one of the you know better teams in the league again. And, and I think we're, go- I want to say we're going in that direction for sure. Um, it's just, you know, you, when you, when you decide to rebuild, it takes some time. And um, you know, a lot of us that we're Atlanta fans, you know, we Braves had to do it. Took, took a few years to rebuild Braves lost 90 something games in 2015, you know, the worst year of their rebuild. It just takes some time, you know, and stuff. And it's probably going to take a few more seasons before the Falcons really start to make some noise, but you never know. Like you said, I mean, no, none of us expected in 2008 that that Falcons team was going to make the playoffs, you know, and, and, and I mean, I know they had a first round exit in that, in those playoffs, but just the fact that they made them when when nobody expected them to get a wild card spot was amazing, um, for sure. And so I, I, you know, yeah, I would love to be surprised by this Falcons team. I think we all would. We would love to see this team make the playoffs, maybe grab a six or seventh seed and get into the get into the playoffs. You know, I think that would be a huge win for this team, regardless if it's a first round exit or not. Um, just making the field would be a huge accomplishment after the couple of really abysmal seasons we've had to endure doesn't hurt to be optimistic all right justin switching gears because i I admit i've been watching some nba summer league uh and i've been catching the atlanta hawks uh what do you think about the acquisition of dejounte murray i I mean i like it i think it's a uh it's a big swing i will say that they they gave up a lot to go get him um Three first round draft picks. Three first round draft picks. But I mean, and, don't get me wrong. Murray is a Murray's a good a good player. He's young. He's controllable. Thing is, he's got two seasons. He's controllable for this season and next. He'll be a free agent after that. Um, so you've got to try to convince him, you know, to sign. So if you can convince him to sign long term, then it, the deal will probably be be well. But if he leaves after two seasons, and you gave all those un, and, and they're unprotected first round picks, they're just gone basically at this point, regardless of where the Falcons finish or Hawks finish. And so, yeah, it's a lot to give up for, for an all-star player, but man, I tell you, it's, it does make the team better um, for sure. Um, I don't think they're quite, the roster is quite where they, you can say like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to finish like with a one, two or three seed in the playoffs yet and be a real threat to get to the NBA finals out of the East. But I definitely think this pushes them into a spot where even where they can maybe even get, you know, a fifth or sixth, see where they don't have to go through the play-in tournament. And I've said this, and this might be a hot sports take. I've said that their starting five can match up with any starting five in the NBA, especially since they decided to keep John Collins, and now he's the third option. You got the rim protector. You could either put Clint Capella or Anyeka Kongru. And then if DeAndre Hunter becomes what they were hoping he'd be, that two-way player that was selected fourth overall in the NBA draft, mm-hmm. then DeAndre Hunter could be your fourth option. The Hawks would be a dangerous team, but did you know that Danilo Gallinari was one of those players they shipped off to San Antonio, mm-hmm. and he cleared waivers, and the Boston Celtics, they just signed him. Right. I mean, that the rich just keep on getting richer. And then I'm hearing – Stories about the the Utah Jazz possibly trading Donovan Mitchell to the Miami Heat, At, not the Heat. Out of all places, please no, not the Miami Heat. Oh. The Heat are trying; they're trying to win, man. They're they've come up short. They've got a great team, but they've come up short um, in the finals a few years ago, and they came up short against Boston. And so they're trying to just put themselves that you know they're in that position where they need that one, maybe just one more piece to really put them over the top and somebody like Donovan Mitchell would do it. And so, yeah, I mean, you talk about rich getting richer, but sometimes that, you know, if you want to win a championship, that's what you've got to do. 
but the, but the Heat are in that position where they could go all in on a player like that and make them, you know, and try to push themselves up to where they're, you know, they can make it back to the finals and win it this time. We could talk about the Georgia Bulldogs, Chick-fil-A kickoff against the Oregon Ducks. Oh, we're getting Stetson Bennett back. We're getting Brock Bowers. Keely Ringo's coming back. Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. This team reloaded. I mean, come on. People are like, oh, they lost 15 players in the NFL. No, they reloaded. I know a lot of people are projecting them to go 11-1. and And that that loss, you know, possibly to at Mississippi State, possibly to Tennessee or Florida. But, I mean, I, I see them winning the SEC East and playing Alabama in the SEC title game. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty – it's a pretty safe bet right now to basically pick Georgia and Alabama to meet again in the SEC championship. I, you know, the SEC East, is it's it's starting – there's teams getting better. Tennessee's going to get better. Um, Florida's still a little bit of a mess in my opinion. Uh, Kentucky's been really good at football the last year. Mark Stoops has really got that team playing well, um, and they'll have their quarterback back again for another season. And, um, uh, and so, yeah, the East, I mean, there's some teams there that you can kind of jump on, but really it's, it's still Georgia. Georgia's still head and shoulders above most everybody in the East. I, I don't really see any team, maybe Tennessee, just because they're, they're really trying to build that up tempo, fast offense that they ran it down in, um, central Florida, the hypo ran down in central Florida. And it just, um, it, you know, I, I think he still needs another recruiting class to really get his system in place. I think Tennessee will be improved, um, but we we get Tennessee at home this year, and so yeah. I just don't see Tennessee upsetting Georgia at home in Athens. So I still think Georgia wouldn't go through. I think the schedule is very similar to, to last year's schedule. You know, we had the big game against Clemson, and then after that we had the SEC East slate. We had Arkansas was from the West. You know, and Arkansas had a really good season. They were kind of a trendy pick when we played them, and then we just – they came into Athens and we punched them straight in the mouth. And so – I, I see the season kind of playing out very similar to last year as far as the schedule. I could easily, if Georgia gets over and beats Oregon in the in the Chick Fil A kickoff game, I could easily see Georgia going twelve and zero at least during the season. Again, this season, I, yeah, the defense may not be you know generational type defense like it was last year, but you got to remember Georgia's Georgia recruits ever since Kirby came in, they recruit and they've had top three classes at least over the last five or six years. And so, yeah, Georgia's got talent. They, they've got some untested talent, but they've got talent. There's four and five stars behind these guys. And so they're going to get a chance to play. We'll see how it goes. Um, they'll need some in-game experience. But I think that the, the defense may take a step back from last year's defense, but they'll still be really good. And I think this year's offense is going to take a big step forward just because Stetson's going to have so many weapons to throw to. Um, tight that ends. Tight ends for coming out of your ears, man. <laughs> so. They got three tight ends right now. Gilbert, Big O, Darnell Washington, and Brock Bauer is probably the best tight end in all of college football. That's right. You know, it's just – it is. It's just for George in the tight end position. Wide receiver, even without Jermaine Burton, there's still a lot of depth there at wide receiver. Um, we're not going through – so far we haven't had to go through the big injury bug going through the camp preseason like it did last year, especially to our wide receivers. Offensive line should still be good. Uh, we still got four and five star pick, you know, recruits back there. They may take a game, couple games to gel, but I think we still, we got the talent. The talent's there. It's just going to see how they do in, on, in the game um, and game action and stuff. But Georgia's still a really good team. This isn't going to be – like LSU when they won the national title in 2019 and it had this big drop-off in 2020. Um, Georgia's not going to have that big of a drop-off. Um, 
you know, can could they lose a game during a season? Yeah, it's it's Georgia that could happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I do think they, I think they have all the tools to, to run their schedule, and then see Alabama again in, in December. All right, thank you so much, Justin, for being a guest on the show, and uh, definitely will reach out to you as we get closer to college football season. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to talking about it. All right, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.